Happy Halloween! I'm gonna come in with aggression. Happy Halloween, bitches! Oh my gosh. I hate Halloween! I wanted to say a different word, but mom said I couldn't. I hate Halloween. I hate this day. Oh. Spooky season is coming to an end, my friends. Yay! Boo. Boo, get it, boo. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully everybody is all dressed up and acting a fool. And, and all you good mothers out there made all sorts of scary, spooky, Rice Krispie streaks, treats for your kids for school and went to Halloween parties and did the whole everything and spent an arm and a leg on stupid costumes that are plastic and ripped before you even get out the door. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the thing about Wyoming is every year it never fails. It'll be like 70 degrees. If it's Halloween, you have to wear a coat with your Halloween costume and nobody um, gets to be cute. Right. Which is so sad. Is it so sad? Yes. You would think that being negative 9,000 degrees would make kids not want to go. But no, if you get even a little tiny Tootsie Roll, you're going to go out in blistery cold weather. Oh and my gosh, your negative energy on this very I, sacred day. It's sacred, so huh? Upsetting. I know. I know. I did decorate, though, and I do, I, did, I do have candy, and I did do treats for the kids for school, and I did get Halloween costumes, and I only complained to you, so... And everybody on this podcast. And everybody who's listening. And I'm sure that there's somebody else who feels the same way that I do. Nobody comes and trick-or-treats at my house because nope. I have a giant hill and nobody's going to climb up that thing. It's great, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> because if you don't have kids, if you're childless like me, I'm going to watch scary movies. I'll get my own bag of candy. Eat candy. Really? Have a fun, spooky cocktail and... Yeah. Watch some spooky movies. Guess what I'm doing to my kids today? What? Your siblings. What? They have a dentist appointment. That's so unkind. And I <laughs> bet they're going to have cavities and you're going to be like, no candy for you. They don't have cavities. I bet they do. They don't. I bet they I do. I don't think that Trista or Bridger have ever had a cavity. I have lots of cavities. Yeah, they... Am I, I going to go to the dentist to get that fixed? No, because irrational stamp fear, dentist. Yeah, me too. I hate the dentist. Me too. My teeth are so bad too. And they're not so bad, but... I feel like they're bad. <laughs> whatever. So, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I hope that whatever you're doing today brings you joy. And at least it brings you chocolate so tomorrow you can have joy. Yeah. And check your We're kids' candy. entering holiday season, which means yep. calories don't count, my friends. They don't? Not until January 1st. Oh. That's the rule. Oh. Yeah, no calories count from here on out. Now, beginning November 1st, I'm in happy season. My tree goes up, like, before Thanksgiving, so. My tree does not go up before Thanksgiving like I get through Thanksgiving. I don't. But um, I love this time of year. My tree does not wait till after Thanksgiving. I know. I will get into my holiday funk, like I do every year, my little seasonal depression that I get. And yeah. I will get super sad one day, like, probably the third week or, like, the second week of November, like, right before Thanksgiving. And then my tree bus will go up, and then I will be cured. Yeah. It's amazing what Christmas lights do. Mm -hmm. I'm serious. Pretty twinkle lights fix it all. It does. And then starts the season. Tell me another time of year that driving around looking at lights brings people joy. Yeah. There isn't. There isn't. Yeah. And then Tiz starts the season of me and my husband fighting about him unplugging my Christmas trees all the time. Oh, really? <laughs> Pisses me off. Leave them on. They're pretty. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> the Christmas light doesn't need to be on while we're asleep. Yes, it does. It really does. 
yeah, no, I I love this time of year. I'm into it. And I have my funny Christmas tree that you hate. Oh, uh, which I don't... Do I remember? All my funny ornaments. Like oh, my, yeah. I have like a stick of butter. That's right. And a thing of french fries. Right. It's my uh, funny Christmas tree. Yeah. Eek. I think it's funny. Okay, but today is Halloween and we're not talking... We're not bypassing Thanksgiving. We're doing Halloween and then we're doing Thanksgiving and then we're doing Christmas. We're not bypassing Thanksgiving. We don't have the kids this year on Christmas either, so I'm going to be super sad on Christmas. Yeah. But anyway, but today is Thanksgiving, or today is not Thanksgiving, today is <laughs> Halloween. No, so it's it's Halloween, and then it's Christmas, and then it's a week of Thanksgiving, and then it's Christmas. <laughs> you know, Christmas decorations have been out for like two weeks. I know. It makes my heart so happy. No, it kind of, I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, can we get through Halloween first? But and my Christmas decorations will not come down until like the third week of January. So oh, my fine. Christmas stuff comes down Christmas afternoon. I know. you're Unless the kids are with their dad. If the kids are with their dad, then... And obviously it waits for a few more days, but I don't know. We might open Christmas presents before they go with their dad so that I can get it done and cleaned up while they're gone. Because it's an ordeal at my house. Like yeah. everything gets decorated. But anyway, we it's, not, it's not Christmas yet. Happy it's Halloween. not Christmas. It's Halloween. H-A-L-L-O. Do you know that song? <laughs> no. You don't? H-A-L-L-O-W-W-E-N spells Halloween. No. Really? Don't know. That's how I learned how to spell Halloween. Oh, that's funny. I don't know why every time I say Halloween, I think of that too. Ingrained, indoctrinated into me. I don't oh know. Oh my gosh. Whatever. All right. I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. This is The Suspended Sentence. Welcome. Halloween. Spooky season. You could tell we're related. We just had the same thought process at the same time. Uh, this is a Samantha episode. <gasps> because I love Halloween. Yes. So, so I get today. So are you talking about Halloween? I am talking about Halloween. Okay, give it to me. Okay, well, first you can find us at TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon, The Suspended Sentence Podcast. Our email address is the Suspended Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to purchase Tracy's book, IDP and the 13 Components to Criminal Thinking and Behavior, is anywhere that books are sold. I'm gonna. Well, I'm not even gonna say it. Today. I know. I'm like, oh, she's not looking at me. She's not saying I'm not it. Gonna say it. Why? So Barnes and Noble sends me like a, a like thank you a, card, a thank you card, or like a promo code, so really? I can get discounts on books. I don't I, care about anybody else getting discounts on books. I want a discount code. Okay. For myself. I doubt that anybody at Barnes and Noble listens to this. I know. They if they should. did, they would. I'm sure they should. We have so much. So much we, free there's advertisement. No, there's no we in this. It's you. So much free advertisement. <laughs> so let's jump right in, shall we? Okay. Peter Fabio, 35-year-old owner of a hair salon, was really annoyed to answer his doorbell just after 11 p.m. on Halloween night of 19... 19- I would be, too. ...of 1957. 57? We're I taking would it back. Be, I would be super annoyed. If anybody knocks on my door after 9 p.m., you're being rude. That's no, so rude. No little kid is out after 9 p.m. at night. Nope. And he was startled as the bulk of the children from his suburban neighborhood had happily already collected their treats hours earlier. Nonetheless, the 35-year-old got out of bed, grabbed the bowl of the remaining sweet treats, and he opened his door. Oh, wow. What a nice man. Peter would open the door and ask a simple question. Isn't it a little late? That would be my response, too. The tardy trick-or-treater was taller than most and the previous, uh, than the previous children that had been by and had an odd appearance even by Halloween standards. Described as a grotose, 
um, gnarly painted face with a appear, um, with a domino mask and, quote, men's clothing of blue jeans, a khaki jacket, and red gloves on. They held up a paper bag, and um, the disguised stranger answered Peter's question with a deep answer, no. Oh, that's not a trick-or-treater. Nope. After answering Peter's question, inside that candy bag, his paper bag for his candy was a concealed gun. Um, the trick-or-treater lifted up the paper bag and fired it. Upon hearing the shot, P- um, Peter's wife rushed to the door. Her name is Betty. And Ju- um, their daughter, Judy. At the front door, she found her husband bleeding out in a pool of his own blood. Judy, ran. Judy, their daughter, ran to um, a neighbor's house to call the police. Who called Why? Them. They didn't have a phone. Oh, it's 57. Yeah. Uh, and Peter was taken to Sun Valley Hospital where he was pronounced dead from the gunshot wound to his chest. So he just shot him and then ran off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just dipped out. Betty, his wife, a red-headed beauty, told police that she, um, that she, 36, and two teenage children from a previous marriage were in the home that evening. Pete, the successful owner and operator of a local beauty salon, had also served in World War II. The couple appeared to be the picture-perfect perf- picture couple, and as um, if he were the artist of an ideal portrait, Pete was even his wife's regular hairstylist. Aww. It's not all not all what it seems my friend the only witness to the shooting was a teenager who saw a car speeding away from the neighborhood there was no gun shells left at the scene and nothing had been taken taken from the home despite the family owning two very successful beauty shops so like random right yeah or was it nope so a little bit more about peter and betty though they met in 1940 when betty was already divorced from her first husband and the father of her two children from before so now she was a single mother of two, and the pair had originally met in New York where they got married and then had just moved to Los Angeles the year before Peter's death. Okay. So the strange crime occurred in Sun Valley, California, which is directly northwest of North Hollywood, which is where the killer would then scurry home after filing one well-placed bullet. This killer was dubbed the trick-or-treat murderer, Oh, so spooky in the press. And one local newspaper coined a more dramatic caption, quote, a murder as fantastic as the spirits of Halloween. Because they just vanished. Right. Like, what an eerie interaction. Isn't it late? No. Boom. Boom. Oh, my God. And then they just leave. I'm not answering the door tonight. (laughs) Not to any uh, men clothing dressed weirdos with a brown paper bag. Maybe not. When Betty told the police of her account of that Halloween night, she explained that she thought that there was two people at the front door. Two men with one of them pretending to be a woman. Why did she think that she was in bed? Good question. So now, just to give you a little bit more about this. So there is two other people that are very close with this family. Okay. The first one's name is Joan Rabel, who was a stylist for Peter. Joan and Betty had been having an affair that Peter had known about. So they started dating. Um, Joan, she and Betty were, like, having this, like, extramarital affair. Peter finds out. Peter's, like, 
stop or you're not going to get anything. Like, I am the owner of all these beauty salons, blah, 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 blah. They cut it off. Joan keeps her job. He's like, as long as you stop seeing my wife, like, you can still stay working here. But done. Joan seems to move on. She starts dating somebody named Goldine. Which to me is like the most awesome vintage name I've ever heard in yeah, my entire life. Like that's yeah. such a like Goldine. Goldine. Yeah. Goldine Pilzer was forty three and a medical secretary, so she started dating Joan. Okay. Okay. So, like Betty, Goldine had reddish hair, um, but was also described as matrony by local news. I don't know okay. what that means. It's like old schooly, but like matriony. It's yeah. like the patriarch, the matriarch, like the leader. So she's like, she's the leader of the le- yeah. leader of their little group. No, of their of their relationship. Oh, okay. Like she's the boss. It's interesting. So the daughter, um, she was the daughter of a furniture store owner and had graduated from Los Angeles High School in 1934, and had apparently married a decade later, but was either divorced or widowed. I couldn't really figure out what happened to that marriage, but um, and that's when at that time is when she met Joan. Okay. Joan was 40 and lived in Hollywood just a mile away from Goldine's um, bungalow court flat near the Sunset Strip. I think it's so cool. Like, she lives in, like, a bungalow flat. Like, doesn't that sound so, like, cool? <laughs> I don't know why that sounds, like, so fancy to me. I don't know that in it is. In the 50s, I don't know that it was. But, but doesn't that sound, like, yeah. bougie? <laughs> yeah, on the Sunset Strip. Right. <laughs> on the Sunset Strip. <laughs> right. So, Joan's entire life, though, is surrounded by a complete mystery. While online articles um, say that she was born in um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a newspaper at the time reported that she also had immigrated to the U.S. from Lithuania. She pursued careers in photography, writing, sailing, um, even so that she sailed from San Pedro Harbor near Los Angeles all the way to Honolulu, Hawaii, just for inspiration. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. But, like I said... I mean, terrifying, but, <laughs> but cool. Especially, like, think about, like, how cold the water is over there. Yeah. And sharks. <laughs> In a sailboat. And sharks. Lots of sharks. Scott. Sharks. Sharks. But by 1957, she had been divorced and was working for P. Fabio at the salon, like I said. So... um, Like I said, her and Betty were very close still, even though after the affair they were good friends i mean she works for her husband they seemed to have ended on like amicable amicable like yeah terms terms. like everything's good yeah she got to keep her job betty and peter fixing their relationship everything's fine right (laughs) i don't know is it joan considered herself a very good friend of the fabios um, however, she, her status of beloved family members soon became very um, complicated. She claimed that Betty was telling her that Pete had a really dark side, um, one that was very abusive and very controlling. Joan began to obsessed about pretty much setting Betty free. She was a woman that she adored, and she didn't want to see her get hurt. Oof. So she became obsessive over the fact of needing to set Betty free. Oof. Meanwhile, like I said, Joan and Goldine, Goldine have started dating. This is in 1957. Um, and they later described their relationship to the Valley News, New Times newspaper as a coffee clatch friends. Hmm. It's a 50s episode. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, over coffee, Joan told Goldine all about the Fabios and described Pete as pure evil. During their three-month period where they were together, Joan talked Goldine into becoming an unpaid hit woman for her. Oh, wow. That's not the turn you thought that was going to take, was it? Oh, shit. <laughs> an unpaid hitman. Mm-hmm. She gave her um, some money to buy a gun and borrowed a getaway car from another friend. And on Halloween, she sent a disguised Goldine to the Fabio residence with the gun inside a paper trick-or-treat bag. It only took one shot, and Joan drove her accomplice home with one last instruction. You forget that you've ever even known me. What? So they've been in a relationship for three months. She cons this woman into going and shooting Peter in the chest. And then goes, forget that you, forget that you even knew me. Oh my god. <laughs> but the next morning, Goldine realized that Joan hadn't given her any instructions on how to get rid of this gun. She was like, what do I do with this gun that I just killed this man with? So she takes it to the Chick Bulldog, uh, Bullock's flagship store in downtown LA, um, LA just across the street from the famous Clifton's cafeteria and dumped it into a storage locker two weeks later detectives and then I this was a quote from a like article that I read and I thought it was too funny not to include detectives who probably chain smoked and called women dames <laughs> <laughs> it just makes the story better in my opinion found this gun and the locker was in her name. How did they find the gun? Apparently, L.A. was better in the 50s than they were in the ever since. <laughs> like, didn't they, they just randomly searched lockers? I think they probably were talking to, like, all of these people that worked there and weren't connected to the family. And these people are connected to this family. And suspicious lady dropping off bags of things in her locker i don't know but they find it and they are eager to go speak to goldine <laughs> why you got a gun in your storage locker well she was eager to speak with them as well and she told them everything oh no both women were arrested for murder and the two women's demeanor differed in court drastically goldine often was seen whip uh, weeping or stricken with remorse and Joan was described as hollow-eyed and stone-faced or smiling nonchalantly. Well. <laughs> Goldine initially pled not guilty due to reason of insanity. And this is, okay, so let's remember this is the 50s. Right. Her whole argument was, like, she's in this, like, lesbian relationship. Mental health was not what it is now. A psychiatrist went on there and was like, she probably shouldn't they sh probably shouldn't be fit to stand trial they're in like a lesbian relationship this is a mental illness well and that's definitely what not being straight was considered back then too like it was a mental illness it wasn't right so they're like these, there was zero tolerance and zero acceptance to it whatsoever so this psychiatrist went on there and was like these three women were in a love triangle so they were mentally unstable right they're not fit to stand trial. They they had no control over this action of plotting this man's murder. Because they were because of their sexual preference. Oh my god, it's so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> she claims, um, but so they find out though, they they're like the judge is like, no, they are fit to stand trial. They're going to court. Oh my god. Fuck you, psychiatrist. Your opinion is not valid. This is right. stupid. 
which is how most of everything should have been seen is that's really stupid. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so they go they go to trial. Um and Goldine claims that Joan had managed to call cast a spell over her <gasps> that made her helpless to resist. Oh, her charm. so she's a witch too. Yeah, she's so a lesbian she's witch. She's a lesbian witch. She's got powers. Yeah, she does. Our this mental girl. illness. This girl, significant man. mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, the words in love or infatuation were never used in court, but they were strongly implied by attorneys. And they were each sentenced, do you want to take a guess? No. To five years in prison. Five years in prison. Each of them. Five years in prison. All three of them or just nope. the two of them? Betty doesn't do any time. Oh, God. Rumors about the murder um, around to this day, uh, like, in, in a mid, mid-century, like, like I said, talking about, like, the lesbian relationships, newspapers describe this dynamic between Joan and Betty as, quote, unnormal and a fight with, quote, jealousy. <laughs> One website, without any evidence, claims that Betty and Joan were lovers and that um, Betty engineered the plot of the murder com- by complaining and knew that Joan was so in love with her that saying that Peter was abusive that she was going to do something about it. Which might be true. Who knows? It might be. We don't know. Betty never talks about it again. But Betty never does any time. We don't know. Speculation. What did the girls say in court? Jones just said that he was like an evil human being. And Goldine was like, she brainwashed me and told me to go kill this man <laughs> as I'm dressed like a man on his front porch. Oh, oh my God. Yep. So that's a thing. Um, but it's unsubstantiated that there was any allegations of abuse from Betty. Betty never speaks about being abused or battered by her husband. Nothing. Betty's just out of it. She has nothing to do with it. She's like, that's unfortunate that my ex-lover. So do I get his salons? (laughs) Hang on, and I'll tell you. Joan, can you still work for me? Joan, you want to stay working on? Jesus Christ. Um, Goldine passes away in 1998 in Los Angeles. She gets out of jail and lives her life in Los Angeles. Like, how'd she die? Just of old age? Couldn't find out. Betty would sell the beauty salons after Pete's death a year after and would remarry in 1966. Oh, my God. So, nine years later, she remarries. She passed away in 1999 at the age of 81 in Palm Desert, California, which made her 39 at the time of Pete's death, not 36. Like, it was quoted in all of the newspaper articles. Yeah. Um, But her obituary said she was 81 at the time of the death. So, if you do the math on that, she was... 30, she was, they aged her up a little bit there nice. in those news articles. And Joan? No one knows what happened to Joan. She just seems to disappear into thin air like a ghost. A badly dressed... <laughs> my jokes are so funny. A badly dressed ghost bent on wrecking Halloween terror around the city of Los Angeles. Oh my god! What the fuck? I have so many questions. Give it to me and see if I have the answers. Oh my gosh. Okay, so was Joan actually a lesbian, or was she just, like... She was a lesbian, yeah. But she's marrying men. She... Betty was married. Or, I'm sorry, Betty. I'm sorry. Yeah. Betty is married to two men, so I don't know that she was actually a lesbian. A lesbian, or if she could manipulate the feelings of... 
right, which we've seen before in other cases. Oh, this is But she was married to Pete, and then she had her affair with Joan, and then after the death, she marries another man. And she was married before Pete. That's where her two girls came from. Oh, my gosh. Joan, there's nothing on Joan after she gets out of jail. Like, where did Joan go? Maybe she changed her name and moved, like... Because, I mean, honestly, it was she would have been out if this happened in, what, 57? So she was probably out by 65. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, who knows, right? She just vanished. She didn't have kids and didn't get married or whatever. Then there wouldn't be any record of anything. She vanished. Oh, my God. Pete was just trying to be a nice guy. He's like, a late trick-or-treater came by. I'm going to go take him some candy. And then freaking Goldine's there just waiting to shoot you. And he had never met Goldine. Neither had Betty, from all record that I could find. That was just Jones. Okay, well, it's concerning to me, first of all, that Betty was like, Betty's in bed, asleep, whatever, right? Probably wakes up when when her husband is like, uh, trick-or-treater's rude, whatever, I'm going to go give him candy, whatever. She probably woke up a little bit, but she wouldn't have gotten up. You wouldn't have gotten out of bed. So why did she say that there were two people? She knew. That's my feeling. She had to have known. And then to say that he was like abusive and whatever, what is it that made him abusive? The fact that he said that she couldn't have extracurricular sexual relationships. (laughs) I mean. That your husband doesn't want you cheating on him? Right. Right. (laughs) I have a completely inappropriate question. Why is it a turn on to guys for two girls to be together if he's involved and it's a sin and disgusting for two girls to be together. It's a great question. Because why men is are that? I don't know. I was going to say maybe something mean, but we have men listeners. If you're listening to this and we believe that you're a superior man and not like and this doesn't apply to you. Uh. <laughs> we believe you're superior because you're clearly in touch with your Take care of women's side. Yeah. I was trying to think of the word for that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to dig ourselves out of I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't I don't get why and but then from the husband's perspective, why is your wife having sex with another woman any different than your wife having sex with another man? She cheated on you the end. Right. Why is it different? I think that it's a hundred percent though you just have to take out Also, the time, I guess. I mean, it's the 50s. It's not 2023. Right. They still believed that being gay and lesbian is a mental illness. A mental illness. And I'm really wondering if that's why they got the sentencing that they did. I'm wondering if the judge was like, okay, maybe you guys aren't, maybe you do have this mental, this mental illness. And so you'll, I'll make you stand trial, but I'll, I'll take that into consideration. And yeah, it's crazy, especially in California for somebody to like cold blooded execute someone kill someone and only get five years five years like that is insane like he had absolutely no way he did not see it coming he had no way of or or reason to even like flee or flight mode kick in like nothing it's just a trick-or-treater coming and knocking on his door so freaky oh my gosh thank you for adding that element of (laughs) trick-or-treating on halloween as if like whatever and you know how i feel about people coming to my house 
I know. I'm just not going to give out candy. I'm just, just going to eat it all. I'm not like answering my door. Poor Peter. Poor Peter. And he was, he had the perfect name to be. Well, her. and those girls, too. Those kids that were in that house. I know. And what's wild to me, too, is, like, technically, yes, Joan orchestrated it all. But she just was, like, the drive, the getaway driver, right? Did she orchestrate it all or did Betty? I mean, there was some uh, manipulation on every end going on so there. I can't even say that this is a love triangle because there's four people involved in this. Yeah. And Goldine, she's the victim. Is she? Yeah. She killed someone because... And then, she was like, and then she <laughs> of was like, lesbian witchcraft. And then she was like, forget that you ever knew me. Could you imagine? Can you imagine if you killed for somebody and then they said, okay, thanks for the three month relationship and killing somebody you know, for me? Peace out, Girl Scout. I would hope that if anybody was like, can you kill this person? I would be like, um, 911. <laughs> Seriously. But the fact that Goldine and Betty got the same amount of jail time is wild. wild. And that, and that, oh my god! And Betty got the the beauty salon. She got to sell that. She like she made out just fine. She did. But and they got married again. Could you imagine being the dude that dates her next? My husband died. How? Um. So my uh, ex lover. I, I think that you would have to completely omit this story. And there wasn't Google, so, I mean, there wasn't doing research on people back then, so. It was a Halloween prank got wrong, gone wrong. Right. Somebody came to the door on Halloween, you know. I mean, oh, my God. Could you imagine? Oh, could you Poor imagine? Judy, her daughter, coming down and being like. Yeah. The fuck is happening? Trauma. She's a teenager. Trauma. She's <sighs> never going trick-or-treating again. So wild. I saw that, and I was just, I was like, googling because there was a couple good halloween ones and i was like this is one i hadn't heard before well thank you samantha that's super awesome but it was uh what was the title of the first article it was halloween crime of crime of passion is what that article was titled for the first the first article that i read about this halloween crime of passion Hmm. that's not a crime of passion my love (laughs) no no that's not that's very premeditated that's very murder uh, thought out murder Jesus Christ. Barry! I mean... why? For what? Nobody gained anything. I mean, other than Betty. I mean, Betty really is the only one that gained anything. I mean, the financial gain of selling the... Did she wind up with... with... No. No, she She didn't go back to her. No. She married somebody else. So it's not even like... Literally nobody except Betty gained anything from his death. Oh my God, that's wild! So that's why I'm like, Betty had to have been involved. Because he was like... When he was... When she was having her affair with Joan, he was threatening to like leave her and she wasn't going to get any of the beauty store money right and then she gets all the beauty store money can we just like on another note though just talk about like peter fabio what a fantastic hairstylist name yeah i would like peter yeah. fabio to do my head i can't because joan and freaking goldine killed him he'd probably be dead by now but <laughs> That's all. That's all I got. Oh. So, okay, well, you guys, be careful with trick-or-treating tonight. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Much love. Be safe, guys. Be safe.